Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. We are so excited to be able to introduce to some and present to others Dita Lee's Gardvin, and uh, she is a renowned circular economy and design expert and practitioner based in Denmark. Diddy is known for pioneering new materials as well as business models while sharing the knowledge gained from practice through teaching and thought leadership. She's the founder of the Circular Way, the chairwoman of the Danish Design Council, and a member of the executive board of the Royal Danish Academy of Fine Arts School of Architecture, Design, and Conservation. Wow, she's got quite a resume. Quite a resume indeed. But today she's going to talk about how to address a future threatened by climate change and how what we choose to do now can impact the future. So good morning to you. Thank you for joining us on WURD. Morning. Yes, yes, yes. Now, are, are you actually in Denmark now? I am indeed. So here it's actually, I just had uh, had lunch, but uh, it's uh, yeah, just past lunchtime here. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for letting us know about the time difference there. <laughs> and um, uh, certainly uh, global st- sustainability is so very critical. Uh, climate change and it, it, it's important. And this is a discussion that there's still a lot of people don't seem to want to engage in, but we need to, because if we don't care about this today, our tomorrow, our world 20 years from now is not going to be here anymore. It's not going to be the same. Talk about what you want to share. Yeah, exactly. Um, For me, it's really about saying we need to act now and we need to act in a way that's creating value for people while staying within the planetary boundaries. So really balancing the need of people with uh, what's possible from a planetary perspective. And luckily there is a lot of ways to do that, but it really comes down to that ability to question status quo, all of Mm -hmm. the things that we take for granted as natural ways of being that are in fact social constructs and start looking towards how do we shape a future focused more on use value and less on exchange value uh, as a key part of it and sort of having a room for a positive narrative if we dare to to question some of the things that we take for granted. In terms of education and uh, making for sure that that people understand the the critical importance of respecting our earth and and taking care of our air and water, um, what age group do you suggest we really start putting that information into someone's brain? Yeah, I mean, I think that we should. Um, there's there's no age group that we, where this isn't relevant. Of course, there's a lot in sort of engaging at the university level where you're just about to go into the workforce and where you have a really unique uh, opportunity to be a change agent. But it goes through, you know, all the way to when we are, you know, to the little children and their connection with each other and with nature and making sure that we truly, you know, we've we've moved uh, quite far away from from understanding that the ecosystems we are a part of and, and we need to move back to understanding and that level of connectedness so in that sense it's it's all across uh, each uh, all levels of, of education 
you know, sometimes if people don't ask questions, if they don't uh, bring up concern about certain things that you're seeing happening in your community, uh, you make matters worse by staying silent. So mm-hmm. an example, in a community where I work, there's a new business that has just come in and there was some vacant land that they purchased and now they're crushing Uh, old bricks and stone. Now, the bricks and stones, we believe, are coming from some old buildings. Well, old buildings in the Philadelphia area, a lot of them, they have asbestos and other kinds of uh, bad uh, products in them that's going up into the air. So now we got this company that's crushing old bricks and old stones from old buildings in our community, and clouds of smoke are going up into the air that neighbors are watching and seeing. So they call an organization like the organization that I work for, a nonprofit, and they're like, what can we do about this? We want to stop this company from sending these plumes of smoke into the air. We're starting to cough and choke. Uh, Some of our neighbors who have asthma are now noticing more asthma attacks coming on, and they believe it has something to do with what's going into the environment, what's going into the air from this brick-crushing, stone-crushing business that just moved into our community. Are those the kinds of things that we need to look at and there's something we can do about it now so that it won't impact us later? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's several layers of it. The one being asking the fundamental question of why do we build? Why do we tear down the existing buildings rather than transform them? And what is the overall purpose? And if you look at real estate, there's been this unfortunate uh, tendency where you forgot about the health of materials, the health of ecosystems and the health of whoever has to inhabit those buildings because we kind of, um, unfortunately, there was a sort of a, an imbalance in the system where you in uh, previously we built buildings because someone needed to use them either for living or for occupy, occupying during the day for you know a shop or, or whatnot. Um, and then you had a financial sector that would um, provide the service of liquidity and they made some money on that. And that was fine because the core purpose was the use value of the building. Today, if you look at real estate, it's 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 roles reversed mm-hmm. and you almost have you built because it's an asset class that is attractive. Yeah. And then you kind of the, the building sector is in service. And as long as that's the case, we're not uh, guided by the right things in terms of of health of materials, climate perspective, CO2 footprint and that kind of thing. So there's definitely a very grand need to ask those questions of are we providing use value or is this mainly focused on a very short-term exchange value? Now, why do you believe that we need to shift our thinking to one where designing for a better social purpose is not a burden, but an opportunity to make our designs better? I think. Um, History shows us that we can do it. That's also why the book is called Danish Design Heritage, because today there's a sort of, a, it's it's known as something quite luxurious, this Danish design ethics. But if you look at what it comes from and what is embedded in the aesthetics, it's the social purpose of uh, the well, creating the welfare state of rebuilding after the world wars, ensuring mm-hmm. that design was for the majority, that it was democratic and sort of this sort of, um, you know, design that's as, at face value. You don't need a long education or anything of that sort to realize what is good design and not because it's simply about, you know, taking the time to care in terms of the materials you use, the craft mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and the aesthetics of it. So I think that there's a lot where we can say, okay, 
if we see social value, if we see the planetary boundaries, not as a negative constraint that makes things uglier and less convenient and more costly, but instead as a positive creative constraint, there's actually an opportunity to provide value for people while staying within the planetary boundaries. But it does require that we that we dare to ask these uh uncomfortable questions mm. of, of the system systems and, and recognize that there is a need for individual solutions, of course, but also uh, moving towards a larger systemic change. I hear you talking about the larger systemic change, um, global sustainability. It's critical because that's how our world is going to keep going or not. Uh, but uh, uh, for me in my head, uh, the, the starting small part, there's the big companies and what they can do, the big corporations and the people with a lot of money. There's things and, and that they can do, processes that they can get involved with to help address global sustainability. But your everyday person, we sometimes feel like, well, well, what can I do? I'm just one person, you know? So what? You want me to not drive my car anymore because it, it you know, puts out some, some gas into the air that's not good for us. Uh, what can everyday people really do to make a difference with with keeping our planet together? Yeah, I think they, for me, there the, are the two key things that we can do. Uh, and the, the, the most important and the most impactful is engage in community because it's very difficult to do something individually. But as soon as you are more people, you have uh, one sort of a, a larger effect, of course, but it's also more inspirational for others. And I think that's when we talk about our individual actions, being an inspiration or the opposite mm-hmm. is a key thing. So, so really engaging in community is, is at the core. And then, of course, there is this sort of, um, you know, rather it's about driving the car. I realize that there is a lot of times where that's not a possibility to not do. But, uh, you know, eating less meat, having things of sort of like, is there ways where I could actually reduce what I do without it negatively affecting my well-being? Mm-hmm. And, and again, coming back to asking those questions. So uh, engaging in community and being mindful if there are things that where you can you can reduce your consumption. All right. Now we have a very special guest with us all the way from Denmark in Denmark right now. It's around lunchtime and uh, we are just glad to have her join us this morning on the air. Uh, I don't want to chop up your name. Can you say your full name for me so I can prayerfully get it right when I say it one more time? Sure, it's a, it's a, it's it's a very common name in Denmark, but nowhere else. It's a Diti. <laughs> Diti. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> no, but give me your whole name for real. Um, it's a Diti Luskovit. Got it. Well, we thank you for that. I want you to hang in there with me. I need to take a break. We'll come back and give you an opportunity to wrap up on our conversation for today, talking about global sustainability and how all of us, each in our own way, can make a difference to help save the planet. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. And we're looking at the clock. It's 6.48 in the morning. That means I got about 12 minutes to go and I got to get out of the way for Solomon Jones. He'll come your way with Wake Up With Word right here at WURD. Just a few more moments with our guest on the line. And I want to thank Andrea Lawful Saunders and her producer, Niall, for um, the vision to invite our guest on. Diddy, all the way from Denmark on the radio with us talking about global sustainability. 
sustainability. We need to be interested. We need to care about this Philadelphia. I got one more question for you. How can we turn plastic waste into value? That's something that I think we're still working at trying to do better here in Pennsylvania, for sure. Yeah, that's a, that's actually something that I've been working quite a bit with for uh, one one uh, startup that we did, uh, Replastic, which was turning uh, Carlsberg, so the, the Danish breweries, uh, kegs, they've transformed into these kegs, into new materials. Mm-hmm. And what was uh, beneficial there, so the kegs are a plastic composite, so different types of polymers. Um, and they're realizing by putting design first, again, that point of shaping a future we don't yet know, but from a very tangible example, allowed us to create a valuable product out of something that would otherwise just be seen as a, as a waste stream. So I think when it comes to plastics, we need to be mindful of mm. reducing our use of plastics, using plastic where it makes sense, and then creating as much mono material, so not composites, but mono materials because they are easier to recycle um, as possible and be mindful of the sort of uh, the value chain of, of circularity being reduce, reuse, recycle and replace. And so replace also for me is super interesting when we talked about plastics. Can we create the plastics of the future from algae, bagasse, all of these different bio-based materials yes. rather than fossil fuels? Mm-hmm. Let's do it, right? Let's do it and keep our global sustainability going. That's what's up. Didi, I thank you so much for joining us all the way from Denmark this morning. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Keep up the work. It is so very critical. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 